0: What's the crap like?
1: Welcome to the Winnie Shuffle, the Inverness Caledonian Thistle FC fan podcast. There's an energy crisis on, but we've got an overabundance of it for you over this next hour and a bit. What's on this episode of the Shuffle, you ask? Partic Pumped, Cami Harper, Ear Annihilated, Cammy Harper, Dundee Demolished, Cami Harper, it's a new pod, it's a new format, it's the same 28 years worth of ICT references backed into another wild conjecture and mild distraction. Every day I what?
2: Every day I'm shuffling.
3: What the hell, how you doing, no barter sale, for shitty weather, drugs and pissness, Inverness is a fucking business. What did Tarzan say when he found
1: his screwdriver? There's it! Welcome one and all to the new Wine and Shuffle, I am still your host, Andrew Moffat. We're going to do things a little differently for this pod, not a rebrand, more of a refresh, a bit like when Carlsberg recently changed their recipe to be Slightly less shite. Uh, hopefully we'll be slightly better, a different lineup, some new features, and hopefully throughout the recording we'll be joined by uh, by a few new voices. But at first, let's welcome some old ones, and it's a welcome back and a first appearance of the season for the man with a record, 589 Cali Thistle appearances, Mr. Ross Tokley, How you doing, Ross? Very good. Uh, and a welcome back to a man with a record, 589 pairs of the tightest trousers, it's Stevie Riley. How are you doing, Steve?
4: It's uh, skinny, skinny slim now, we're calling them now. They're not, mus- <laughs> not muscle fit anymore, but yeah, the balls are nice and uh, protected.
1: All right, well, welcome, gents. It's just the three of us tonight, but as I say, we'll be joined by a few more people throughout, hopefully, uh, and we'll do things uh, a little differently. So, nine games gone. Let's do something differently. It's like this. nine games gone, first quarter of the season in the bag. Quick fire, Stevie, your player of the season so far.
4: It's bought, I'm going to say... Scott Allardyce for me. I thought tonight he was exceptional. I think he's he's at a stage of his career now. He's 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 I don't know he's becoming a man, but he's becoming one of the more senior players on the team. And uh, he's also had to deal with some changes where Welsh had been injured, Roddy been injured, and obviously Cammy slipping in there. So he's been he's been yeah he's adapted to different players around him, and I think he's a leader and he's a future captain. So I'll go Scott Allardyce for me, mate.
1: Ross player of the season so far? Yeah, I agree with. Stevie, but
5: I'll go for Robbie Dees. I think um, he's had a few partners at the back, um, especially the games I've watched, the home games in. I think he's, apart from maybe the, the party-thistle game down, down the road, I think he's held that defence. He's been steady. He's, even tonight. that he's, he's a very calm defender. Reminds me a bit of, sort of Grant know in his later days. Um, good, good pass for the ball, but just that calming and influence in and his. You know, he's had a few um, players to play with, and it's always a bit unsettling, so I think um, tonight showed how calm and uh, how well he's played this year.
1: Okay, let's get down to it. Let's get down to it. It's all about the game. Time to play the game! <laughs> the game, this is our new opening section where we talk exclusively about the most recent match before we move on to some key players and moments from the past few weeks and hear from some of our new roving reporters across the grounds. Let's kick off Inverness, Caledonian Thistle 1, Partick Thistle 0, yes! Another week, another win against the league leaders, four wins on the bounce, no goals conceded against Partick, Dan Mackay, man of the match and the king with the single goal. But enough from me, let's go straight to our first roving reporter of the season, season ticket holder and Cali away regular, Craig McLean.
6: Well, a crucial three points in the end for Callie tonight after beating Partick Thistle 1-0. It wasn't the prettiest, it was hard fought, but in the end the three points are there and we are now joint top with Partick. Uh, The massive turning point obviously was Turner's red card. Looking back at the replays, I think it was the right decision by the referee. He really went in with his studs up and McGregor was lucky, but he did escape injury in the end. Um, Before that, there was obviously plenty of chances from both teams. I think Partick arguably looked the more dangerous. Brian Graham had a couple of opportunities that he squandered. But after the red card, it all changed. Partick understandably sat in, although thankfully the all-too-common thing didn't happen where uh, the other team goes down to 10 men and Cali failed to capitalise on it. But unfortunately, I think what was missing again was really that key sort of player in the number 10 role unlocking the defence and creating an opportunity. But thankfully, the chance did come to us when the ball fell to Billy McHugh after a poor defensive clearance. So, as ever... As he has done many times over the years for us, he slotted home and made sure we got the three points.
1: Okay, um key moments. Let's let's talk about chronologically. Uh the sending off. Was it a sending off, Talks? Um
5: I thought so at the time. Um I was sitting next to Liam Keogh and it was happened right in front where I was I was kind of sort of right behind the, the dugout. Um, I thought it was just a bit high from from the young lad. I, I don't think he's meant meant it. Uh, certainly not, a, not a, a dirty player, but I just thought it was just a bit high. Um, you can see the sort of surprise in this face as well. So never nice getting sent off, but I thought it was just justified, um, just with the height of it. It was a wee bit reckless, I thought.
4: And yeah. I think it wasn't intended. But when you raise your foot like that and that angle, you're yeah, you're giving the ref referee a a chance, aren't you?
5: Yeah, well, I've only seen it. Like once, so you guys have been, you know, watching the game. And you've you've seen a few sort of replays, and they've probably uh, looked at the halftime as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, for me to see it once, very hard for a referee. And I, I just thought it was a little bit a rec- little bit high. But mm-hmm. some referees may have maybe just booked him. But um, yeah, there was a It was it happened really quickly as well. You're right enough what you said. Roddy came in, but yeah, it kind of uh, swung the onus on on Callie a bit. So we'll take it.
1: Well, let's talk about let's talk about a Cali player. Um, Dan Mackay, overall start to finish, pirouettes all over the place in the first half. Cruyff turns. Uh, f- what did you make in the upturn in his performance, Stevie?
4: I think he's when he's at when he's at it, he's one of the best players in the division. More, I think he's a confidence player though. I think Dan, he probably admits that when his head gets down, it's, it's frustrating because it's hard for him to get his chin back up. But when he's at it, he's pacey. I mean. He had that right back. I can't remember. McMillan, wasn't it? Who obviously got a yellow card early doors and that obviously put him in the back foot. But he had him in toast for the first half especially. And uh, yeah, again, again against raceovers as well. We, we can tell with Dan in the first 10, 15 minutes, if he's up for it, you know you're getting it for the full game or for how long he's, he's on. So uh, yeah, delighted with how he's been playing the last couple of weeks.
1: When, when you interviewed, interviewed him earlier in the season, Steve, he actually talked about, uh, you know, he wanted to specifically make an impact in the big games and specifically the TV games because he obviously knows that more people are going to be watching them, more coaches, you know, the Hibs manager and whatnot. So um, what an impact he's made, Ross.
5: Yeah, he's given Inverness a lot of pace, and, and that's something I spoke about last year. I just felt that, that down the, the wings, that they don't. They didn't have last year. So I think he's he's been very good. In, my, in the games I've watched, I don't think he gets the ball enough, and he wants the ball, and that's a good thing. I, I, I really think that... Um, you know, when Kami played there, he wasn't getting the ball enough. And I think that's, you know, I, I think the Inverness are stronger going down the left this year. Last year, I always said maybe they're a bit stronger going down the right. But uh, with David Carson, what um, still offers that, that with, but I think Dan's been superb. He, the pace is a Johnny Hayes, Barry Wilson pace. It, it's explosive. He just drifts past people, and defenders hate that. Um, and you can see Billy Dodge wanting them to be fed with the ball. He just, and I just feel they should be giving him the ball more. and um, don't get me wrong, he's Steve's right. He comes in and out of games, but i've I've been very impressed with with, with his attitude and his performances uh, in the games I've watched.
1: Yeah, we should say, Ross, just to clarify to to the listener the games you've watched. um obviously Stevie and I, it's harder for us to get to home games at the moment, cost living crisis, and that's hard to get people to get to a lot of games. Um, but you're not commenting on the games this season. Tell how many have you been to? You've been to the odd home game, haven't you? Uh, I've only missed
5: one. No, only I've only missed,
1: missed
5: one. Only missed one. The breaking game. Um, there you go. I've kind of got the bug a bit last year, just with doing the commentary, and my missus likes to go and watch, so I've been going along with her. So I've been chewing her off, you know, a, a bit as well. Just sitting there as a frustrated fan, but I no, enjoyed the games. I, I would say the only one I didn't quite enjoy was maybe the Morton game, and um, that was a bit of a. Yeah. A hard one to, to watch but um, just nice to go down and just support the team really so um, that's just what I've been do, doing my Saturdays
1: do, do the fans leave you alone have you got to sign a few autographs and do a few selfies?
5: I just wear the hat nobody really knows who you are <laughs> <am.
1: laughs> Alright let's go back to the game um, Roddy I know you're, you're a big fan you he, he had a really great start to the game um, and it was a big decision by the manager to put him in try and match that three man midfield apartic. Partick he's, he's faded a little bit what happened in the game there?
5: Um, I just think it is just a bit of rustiness, really. Um, just not played. Um, you've got a tremendous shift, in, and I really like that. I, w- I was thinking about that today, coming on the, the podcast about you know would they go with the three? And I think Bakari himself and, and and Scott, it's a really good midfield three energy in there. Guys that you know like to pass the ball, get forward, and um, I, I, I like to sort of um, set up of the the three. And I just think Roddy's just running a bit, bit of legs, really. Um, and just delighted to get him back in the starting team, really.
1: That, that's the sort of system we've we played before, Steve, but do you think that's the system that Dodgy will play in most games going forward? Because it does... I know we've not... But then again, have we created enough chances today in comparison to other
4: games? Ah, but remember who we we're playing? We we're playing a team that's in form, top of the league. Obviously, won four out of the last five games, so it's not it's not an easy game. But, I mean, I was, I was here last week and surprised he rode in the bench. And like, like Toke said, I'm, I was surprised he actually lasted that long tonight. I thought... Yeah, he's going to be out for a longer, but he was superb and that's where he's, he's at yeah, his best. I mean, I always see him as a 10. He can play as an 8, but he's got... He's got... He's has got he's dynamic he and go back and forth, but he's got a shot on him as well, and he's creative as well, and I think long time I'd love to see him playing further up the pitch, because I think maybe when it's further back, it's a bit more physical, and although he's grown into that sort of stature, he's he's too skilled for a player to be a 6 or an 8. I think playing with a 10 and let him be creative, because, yeah, that's his best position for me.
1: Duffy tonight, he's coming for Danny Devine, centre-back. Absolutely imperious. Um, I think the last time we played, we played Partick. Brian Graham's absolutely ragdolled Delaney, and I think we've it's been proven Delaney's really a left back more than a centre half. But I thought I thought Duffy was great tonight. What did you think of him, Ross?
5: Yeah, I thought he was superb. Um, you know, he didn't see him much in the game in terms of like getting involved. So that's that's a major sign uh, for a centre half. I think he kept him very quiet. I spoke about it in the paper. Um, during the week, that they had to keep him quiet, Brian Graham, and um, between himself and Robbie Dee's, I just thought they were physical. They got tight, um, and, and and Duffy's actually very good in the air. Um, he's got a lovely spring, and I was a bit, uh, was a bit worried about him in the first half when he landed on his back. But yeah, I thought he was he sort of strolled through the game and um, actually played some really good switches of play as well. So um, a player that needs a bit of confidence needs a, a you know a run in in the team. And, and that's not a right back. It's it's centre-half for me all day long.
4: Every time he's had a good run in the team and he's played well, he's, he's always picked up a little injury. He said that to me a few weeks ago in the press, that it's, it's a bit unfortunate with his injuries. I think he he started at the end of last season, and he picked up an injury. And then it's always these little niggly ones. It's, it's never a week out. It's always three, four, five, six weeks. And then that just, just derails you, doesn't
5: it? No, he's, he's certainly um, playing alongside Robbie Dees. It's a, a decent par- partnership with having, the I would say, the first, maybe first choice Danny Devine out, But... It gives the manager food for thought when you have somebody like Wallace that is is, is steady, comes in, and at the end of the day, if, if Danny's back and, and Wallace is playing well, then that's, that's the decision for the manager. Mm.
1: Alright, well, second half, um, I think we thought, here we go, but the tempo's dropped a bit. Park had come into it by uh, changing their shape, a good switch of system from McCall, try and keep the three in the middle of the park, but and they have then obviously come into the game, but has he gambled Ross and ultimately left Dan one for one, which is where the game came from. So that's where he's lost the game.
5: Yeah, I think it, even it, uh, with 11 players, Dan had the beating of the fullback. Um, they, what the party tried to do in the, the first half was try and get some cover over from one of the midfielders and and, and Dan did really well to, to do that. But I, I just thought that um, they kind of went that sort of diamond kind of shape and left like squeezed one side of the pitch and it left the, the out ball was the fullback. Um, and again, it's one of them where you go 4-4-1 four, and four, be a bit more defensive. But I thought Parry did all right with even 10 men and battled away still and and, and worked their socks off, really. That's what they, they did with 10 men. And you have to do that. But I thought Inverness really con- controlled the second half and just a couple of final balls never came in. And I thought the, the goal was excellent done, got the beating of the fullback and, and it was a good finish from Billy.
4: Yeah, well, I was quite surprised that was the um, the lack of usage of Tiffany, especially before we went off. I mean, the first half it was all down the right hand side. Tiffany was in the, on, obviously, on the main stand side, and they mentioned it in commentary on the TV that it's not using them. And obviously, Tiffany's given us so many problems in the previous games. But I think second half, as you said apart from what well, the whole shot across the goal, which looked I looked in from, from the, the camera angle on the TV at first, but I don't remember Mark having that much to do. I mean, he was pretty 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 quite a night for the keeper, wasn't it?
5: Yeah, looked a looked a good shot where I was where I was sitting. Um I did hear somebody say something about Tiffany had hadn't trained all week, so I don't know if it right. was maybe something but he, I would say he's normally one of their top players. He I thought David Carson defensively handled handled him really well. Mm. And he's done that in the, the previous games as well. So no, I thought it was a a good defensive
4: display from Inverness tonight. I okay. agree.
1: And Billy McKay, one chance, one goal. Just doesn't stop, does he?
4: Not oh, yeah. he finish that one as well. There. There's a lot of players in front of the the, the, the goal line and the and, and Billy McKay. I mean, he had to squeeze it through there. It's when you see it first time, you think he's it's an open goal. He's put it straight in. But when you see it back on the TV, it's a, it's a hard finish and he's taken it well. But yeah, class striker. So and
1: he had, he had the armband again tonight. Did does he? Did he strike you as a as a captain earlier in his career, or do you think that's something he's grown into just because of the longevity of his career, Ross?
5: I think just about experience as well. Um, Again, performances, goals, are, are he's leading that way. I'm um, not 100% sure what he's like in the dressing room. Um, but, you know, he's doing his badges and stuff like that. That comes with, you know, some some experience through through the years. So, um, you know, he likes Aaron as well. You know, he looked at older players in the dressing room. So Billy's just, uh, Billy Dodson just turned to, to Billy McKay and, and given the, the band, you know. But not a massive fan of strikers being captains, but... Mm. Um, he's certainly um, leading on the pitch and getting the goals for the, for the team.
1: Would you you wouldn't have seen Paul Ritchie be captain, would you?
5: No, but then likes of Richie Foran was a good captain. He ah, played further ah, forward, so yeah. um, and and there has been some good strikers as, as captains. But um, yeah, captains are captains. It's I think it's about players rather. Than, everybody makes a big deal about captains, but certainly Billy's experiences will be needed.
1: Who's who's the best captain you played with, Kelly uh, Thistle? There's, a, there's been a few in different ways.
5: Um, you know, Bobby was a, you know, a character off the pitch and on the pitch. Um, <laughs> you know, they all had, you know, sure, Gullabek wore his heart in his sleeve. You know, I can go through them all, Darren Dodds was a act. I just thought Dodds, no, no. was superb, just the way he conducted himself and f- such a fit man and, and, and led that way. A very quiet captain, but his performances were superb for Inverness. So yeah. a lot of, I, I could never come out and, and, and give you one, um, that would
1: be too hard a, a job. Sorry, Andrew. All right. Um, special mention, I, I think Delaney's been absolutely solid. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him. He's he's really good, um, very good going forward as well. We didn't get much of a chance to do that tonight. I thought Boydie used the ball well, and and Big Allardyce, he was crashing through challenges when he needed to, and he controlled the game uh, game against Steve,
4: didn't he? I, I mean, you said Delaney, who. We probably wasn't great against Air United last week, but no one was. It was a, a bit of a poor game, but yeah, against Dundee and overs I mean, he's made the left-back spot his own. I think he's he marauds forward, he's just he's, but he's good defensively, again, he, but he can take the ball forward. I think he's yeah, it's his, his, his position to lose, and you mentioned Boyd there, actually, who I, I've not seen a lot of, and I mean, he's not had a lot of chances, but the last couple of games against Ayr, probably his best game for me, even better than tonight. I thought he played well tonight, but he set up the goal for for Cammy last week and uh, yeah, he's, he's taking a place as well for more of long-term runs in the team but just shows you though, I mean, Max Ram coming off the bench as well, boy that's been unlucky with injury, there's a lot of competition for places there and you've still got like the Tom Walsh and Shane to come back so it's looking good.
1: Austin Samuels as well?
4: Oh, of course, yeah, Aussie as well.
1: Yep. Alright, we'll, we'll finish off this game. Uh, man of the matches, Who, who'd be your man of the match? Would you go with, the, was it Michael Stewart and Leanne Creighton? I think they gave it to Danny McKay, who would, who would
4: you boys pick? I'd give it Allardyce again tonight for me. I think he yeah he, he owned the middle of the park and Dan was good. Um, but yeah, I think overall, um, could be a couple, but I'll go for Allardyce again for me. Hard
5: one for me. I'm not too sure. Um, I'd, probably, yeah, I'd probably agree. I thought Allardyce uh, hurt his, his thigh uh, after know. a shot and he battled on. Um, so I'd probably give it, a, just maybe scrapes Dan for, for man of the match. Um for that if Leon Creighton's picking, uh, Dan I'll go against her. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Brilliant.
1: All right, and um, let's briefly look at the last few matches: Air nil, no, ICT one, Cami Harper. Once again, a difference to pull off a 1-0 no, win at Somerset. Now, <laughs> what you're supposed to have done, Steve, is do me a match report. Did you do one?
4: I was meant to, and I'll tell you why, I couldn't get it done. I was doing those one of his voice recordings. It's too bloody windy today. It was blowing a monsoon down so here. Have you got, so have
1: you got anything written down?
4: Uh, no, I can give you off the top of my head. It was all it right. Was uh, smashing let's
1: grab. Let's go to Stevie Riley, who was at the game.
4: Yeah, it was a, a typical smashing grab away performance, I think. A start I don't think will be probably equaled again this season. He aired 19 corners in the first 37 minutes last weekend. Um But again... Probably Mark Richards had one safety mate the whole game. Just constant pressure from the home team in the first half. But, yeah, conditions, heavy pitch, wasn't the greatest of games. But, yeah, an early second half goal from Cammy Harper gives a 1-0-1. But, yeah, we will play a lot a lot better than that and probably lose this season. It was, wasn't was a classic, but I think probably pivotal when it gets to the end of the season. That's a, a result last week that we could probably look back and go, yeah, one of the games that stood out. But, yeah, you'll take those uh, every day of the week. But, yeah, not a classic.
1: Well, I I spoke to the local football reporter for the Ayrshire Post, who said uh, that they laid siege in the first half. But for all their pressure, basically Ridgers wasn't overly busy, and they were just wasteful and missed a couple of sitters. And you were clinical, pretty much what we did against Partick as well. We we don't ever seem to lose down there, talks do we?
5: I just think it was a very good win. Um, I think the the start that Ayr United have had this season and how Lee Bullen's got them playing. I think it's just a, one of those results you take every day. You have to play pretty all the week. And I, I listened to Billy's interview after the game, and he, he said the, the word grind. I think that's where you have to go and roll the sleeves up. and Probably raining, torrential wind. You know, the conditions are a horrible place to go down there. and they Get a clean sheet and, and to win 1-0, it's, it's, that's just a tremendous result.
4: Well, so i a question, and it's... Um, it's we, we've been down in the Friday night last week and obviously when you were playing we didn't really go down much the night before but does that make a big difference the odd time you boys stayed overnight with the team does that make a big difference when you're, you're travelling to Central Belt in terms of having a long lie in for a change
5: yeah some of the games don't get me wrong were pretty good you know if you got away just depends what the team is you know in terms of you've got new bodies is it good to stay away and we will have maybe a quiz and you know, Terry was big on, on quizzes and stuff and a bit of team bonding, but sometimes nice to get, you know, a long lie in the morning, but, other, but I was so used to it, and a lot of the boys were, to just go down on the Saturday morning, but mm-hmm. um, sometimes finances um, we, we put the plug on that as well, so it wasn't always available, but mm-hmm. we just had to, had to get on it, but nice to get a wee bit of nice breakfast, or mm-hmm. a wee bit of sort of lasagna or chicken the night before, so it was um, it was always a treat, I always uh, appreciated it, it was never taken for granted, but um I'm sure the boys sort of um enjoyed that and um it helped probably with the, the win as well.
4: I'm surprised he went down the night before with current finances and stuff and it maybe shows you how important the game was. But I mean I don't know how much these things cost. I think it's a bit circa three grand to do it. So I mean it's 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 not cheap, but yeah, maybe 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 prove pivotal last weekend. So it's always good to know.
5: I don't know if the like end of the day what kind of away games have we they got. They've got Martin. As well, so if you probably look at and they probably budget probably maybe maybe a couple of nights, uh, mm-hmm. stays during the season, um, depending on where they're sitting as well. So, you know, if, if they're top of the league and there's three games to go and there's an away game, they'll be staying overnight. So, it's just one of them, you just play it by year. But
4: yeah, uh, you don't clean a smooth this year, do you? So, that's yeah. uh, that's a journey gone,
1: yeah. All right, well, fair play to everyone who made the journey to Somerset with the rail strikes and the problems on the road. That weekend, as I say, one of them uh, was yourself, Mr. Riley, who uh, at time of recording features as the, the header photo on the SPFL Twitter page. Because uh, you won a poll, you literally had to beat off Ryan Porteous.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's <a> tiger. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I don't, the thing is, in the party photo, I did see Brian Graham was in the party photo as well. So well done and, and fuck him. Uh, <laughs> Callie Thistle 3, breaking 3. Two for Oakley, one for Shaw before they pull it back in 72 and 70 minutes. Strikes to take it to penalties. Well, let's hear from uh, from another roving reporter. Lynn McDonald was at the game.
7: With Precon going well in the Highland League, this tie has the potential of a banana skin for ICT and almost turned into one. All started well with an early strike from George Oakley and the 800-odd ICT fans there hope for a comfortable afternoon. However, after a good finish from ex-ICT player Kevin McCarty, we needed a second goal from Nathan Shaw to go in ahead at half-time. In the second half, Oakley made it 3-1 from the penalty spot and it should have been all over, but Brecon had other ideas and were not for giving up. Pulling back goals firstly through McGrath and then Spark made it 3-3, 10 minutes from full-time. Thankfully, we were spared extra time and penalties took place, with ICT running out eventual winners 4-3. Missing penalties for Beacon were Bain and McInnes and Oakley missed for ICT. This was a tough watch and a miserable performance and I'm not sure we deserve to win. I'm also not sure this is a competition we are particularly interested in but we go again in the next round. On ending on a few plus points, the return of Mark Ram from injury was a welcome sight for fans. Several young players also got a run out which is always positive and George Oakley found the net twice. We hope for a better performance in the next round.
1: So I think we're 3-1 we're up in this game. The subs who have come on here are Boyd, Arldyce, uh, Dees and Danny McKay. So it was more than good enough to see this out. Talks. is it easy to switch off in a game like this when you're playing a Highland League side and you're 3-1 up? Have you been in a, that sort of situation before?
5: Yeah, a few times. Uh, maybe not to the Highland League level, um, but certainly... Uh, a couple of lower league teams giving us a little bit of problem if you switch off a wee bit, and, and I think job's done. But um, I always find getting the first goal the problem. You know, I wasn't at the game. Um, certainly being told by a few people how it went. But um, end of the day, breaking have spent a lot of money, and they've got some you know good players from that should be playing at a higher level. So a dangerous side, and if they get a bit of confidence, and of course. Team's problems and Inverness have can kind I of let them back in the game? They've got a bit of confidence from the second, and and it's went to went the penalties. So, um, just lucky to survive that one, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, I know it's not a competition that we as fans are hugely enamoured with. I know, Ross, you talked last season about it is good for the players, you get confidence up, and um, we get a wee cup run, etc. But you know, let's talk about the game that we do have to play at the time of recording. We've got Hamilton or Rangers B. Away, I think whoever was running the, the Twitter Twitter page that day when the draw was out wrote, yawn. I quite like a, a wee trip to an empty Eyebrocks, wouldn't you?
4: They played Dumbarton though, don't they?
1: Oh, well, fuck, fuck <laughs> that then.
4: It's <laughs> 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 yeah, not going to Eyebrocks, no. Nah, you to, you saying, like I trip to Dumbarton? I've been I've said that. I do.
1: I do like a trip to Dumbarton. I like a trip to the Rock.
4: I think I still barred from Dumbarton after your last appearance, but um, I I think I think it'll be Hamilton, but yeah, it's it's good for us down here, but. Yeah, it wasn't me put your own comment out, but it's hard to get up for these sort of ties until you get to the semis and the final, hopefully, isn't it? So.
1: Now, now you've said Dunbarton, I'm looking forward to that. So I'm putting I'm putting that in the calendar, mate. All right, let's move on swiftly. Dundee 2, Cali Thistle 3, Cami Harper the hero again, Billy on the spot. Ryan Sweeney gives Dundee the lead, but uh, Harper leveled with a strike from the edge of the box. Billy Mackay puts us ahead from the spot kick. Joe Grayson equalises for Dundee, but Cami Harper with another screamer, for the winner, uh, I had to miss this one. I was down in London for a, for a long arranged late in orient game because I thought that the Dundee game would be moved to the Friday. But that's such as such as my luck. Um, but it looks like an absolutely phenomenal performance, Steve.
4: I know I had to miss it too. My son had the cheat to be born that day, so it was his first birthday party. So um there's no way I was getting out of that. But yeah, sort of highlights and spoke to a few of the boys at the game. And yeah, this is came Cammy Harper. This game isn't it? I mean, two peaches of goals and. It always, I don't know if you boys agree, it always looks better when a lefty scores, it looks more cultured, doesn't it, than the, than the righty, so, yeah, it's, it's a big, massive um, performance, I don't think Dundee will be challenging up there, I think Partick and ourselves, I mean, I think Dundee, on paper, should be favourites, but, obviously, this week's game against Colves will struggle, but, still, we go to Dens Park and get a win, I mean, I'd have taken a point, I'd have been your hand off before that game, to take a point, so, massive three points for us.
1: There's already actually rumblings of uh, Boyer out and Hartley in. Paul Hartley in. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, Talks when when you get a player like Harper, who's not long out of the youth teams, um, is there more of a buzz in the youth teams themselves when they when they see a player doing well that maybe some of the some of them know quite well or might have played some games with in the past or certainly are closer to age to and
5: Yeah, I I always kind of mention the boys like Roddy and 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 Lewis to the boys I coach and have coached and give them sort of the targets for them to go and aspire to. You know, these guys have went from youth teams and, and, and went into the first team and now how well all all three, including Dan uh, as well, Dan Mackay, he got his move. And I think that's, that's the kind of the pathway for the boys that I, I've coached and are in the 18s now. So um, just a, a really um, good move by the by the coaching staff to to him in midfield, and some of his goals have been the two against Dundee were excellent, um, and even tonight the the game he played, I thought he he was pretty sound in the, the midfield area. But I actually um I actually uh, read the Dundee report, and then I thought that's so biased. That I had to go onto the to watch the Dundee hi- you know the highlights. Ah. Um and and Dundee did have a few corners and stuff like that. We just laughed at the the biased of the, of the Dundee report. It was like, we had massive drama about losing this game and Cali had robbed them. But really, um, you know, I, I wasn't overly impressed by Dundee when I watched them. I think it was the Air United game I actually watched and, and Air beat them. And um, yeah, I, I think a possible uh, change of manager might give him a wee spur. Yeah. But a gamble, wasn't it? And,
1: well, sounds yeah. like, we, sounds like we got them at the right time because they're, they're yeah. losing to everybody at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's nice to see it's winning games in you know different manners, or that's three goals against Dundee there. Um great going forward, grinding out against air, and then that's winning a slightly different way against part, because we were the better team, even when it's eleven b eleven. So these are all different ways of winning games. So it's great to see that real sort of um I don't know, sort of uh, growth and and Dodds' maybe not just the players, but maybe dodge's outlook on the game. Do you think he's been more pragmatic this season, Stevie?
4: I think so, yeah. I think I think he's he, he, I mean, I won't talk about the flak he came in from when we lost two games in the road, Jesus. He nearly took us to the Premier League last season. So anybody calling for his head should be should be ashamed of themselves. But I think he's he's still a young manager. I mean he's an experienced coach, but he's 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 only had one full year as a head coach and he probably learned a lot more last season, you know, in terms of the defeats. I mean, some of the defeats for last season were terrible. Were like so Home McQueen south home to Morton. So I'm sure he's he's picked up this season and he's he certainly he's not a one dimensional manager. He, he can change it up. He's obviously he tweaked players like to Harper who we've spoke about a lot. It's also his decision to put him in there. Cami didn't ask to become an an attacking midfielder. He saw something Cammie, to to say let's go in there. So yeah, I think he's he's got a lot about him and he's, he's definitely got a lot of tools in his his box to to use this season. All right,
1: um, Reece nil, Cali, two penalty from uh, the big man and then Billy with a binny, Billy finished right at the death from a down cross on the counter attack and. Um, we, we, we were both at this game, weren't we?
4: <laughs> we did a great day at that day. Yeah. <laughs> we,
1: did, we did have a good day. Listen, Kirkcaldy never does the points, does it?
4: No, no, yeah. And big, big Pete, if Pete, the Race fans listening, I hope we got home safe that night because uh, that was epic. But yeah, it was. Oh, uh, that's
1: right. I think you ended up in a karaoke bar and some, some dive in the back streets of Glasgow where the Wraith Rovers fans, didn't you?
4: Hellish, absolutely hellish bar. But what, what a shift I put in karaoke. But yeah. <laughs> what, what, old, what, did, uh, what, what did you sing? I done Brainstone Cowboy, can't oh, beat it. Glen Campbell, one of the okay. classics, uh, and then the climb by Miley Cyrus, which always gets uh, the toes tapping. So
1: do yeah, you, do you, do you ever do a bit of uh, karaoke talks? What's your What's your chosen?
4: day? Oh, must have done. done, I've done. A, I like a bit of Elvis. Um, oh.
5: a, a bit Elvis back in the the Totally to the, to the That's it. That's the headline. <laughs> the Crooner. Yeah, but I, I, I was more a dancer. Like I was an like MC Hammer. <laughs> <laughs> that was my, that was my uh, party piece. But my, oh. my knees and my my, my groins are not the, the same So that's been put in there. I've retired that a long time ago
4: Oh jeez Let me get a video out of this one for the, for the pod ah, That I was want... for all these camera phones and stuff Thank goodness <laughs> for oh, that
1: Christa, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully yeah. we're, we're too old <laughs> They weren't around in our day but I wonder what tune that we're going to end this section with
3: you can't touch this You can't touch this
1: Now it's man of the moment time. He is to the Scottish Championship midfield. What uh, Erling Haaland is to EPL goals. Who else would we, would we want to talk to for our new rebranded interview feature than the rebranded left back himself? Cami Harper meets Stevie Riley. Talk to me.
4: the last few weeks been there I'm, obviously, obviously it's going to be a good response but have you been surprised by how well you've adapted to the new position and uh, what's your thoughts on your, your current form
3: I thought I would be alright Like I consider myself to have a decent enough footballing brain mm. uh, I think I could play in most positions to be honest with you but no, I'm just happy how the season started for me personally and then obviously for the team as well we started not bad too um, and then the last couple of weeks obviously the Dundee game probably been a highlight of my season so far but just happy to have started well and want
4: to keep it going kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'm surprised, obviously, and I'm not doubting your own ability, but going from maybe a left-sided player, where it's probably more of a narrow way of looking at a game, you know, you look down the line to playing in the middle where you've got to scan everywhere. Is that is that an easy transition? Because for an, an average player like myself, it'd be torture. So how's <laughs> a few boys that know how to play well? Uh,
3: to be fair, it's,
4: it's different, 100% different, like you said, uh, probably playing
3: at left-back and stuff like that. You've got the whole game in front of you. Whereas in centre mid, you've always got to check your shoulders and stuff like that as well, because boys you could be coming from anywhere. But I would say I've done pretty well at it, in my own opinion. Maybe some others might disagree, but definitely I think you need to maybe use your brain a wee bit more in terms of playing in there, just even ways of receiving the ball and your body position and stuff like that. But it, it, it takes a little bit of getting used to, but I would say I'm still getting used to it now. Um, obviously the Dundee game there, and then even in training, just playing in there sometimes and trying to get used to it, like having boys around you and
4: stuff like that. But now I'm enjoying it. Obviously, before the race game, before you moved in, injuries sort of dictated your moving at that position, but was it, was it sporting about in training? Were, were you asked about it, or did the, the coaching staff to say, look, this is where we we fancy for this week and see how it goes, or did it work on maybe on the build-up towards it?
3: Um, Before the race game... It actually wasn't spoken about much um, at all, really. The gaffer kind of just asked me to do a job for him in there, and just went my balls off, really. And uh, I said, "Yeah, no problem." Um, and then obviously it paid off in the end, so happy
4: with oh, that. that. That's great. So let's obviously I was at race. I missed Dundee because uh, my selfish son had to have his first birthday party, and uh, <laughs> I couldn't get out of that, so I was gutted. I missed it, but from the boys that were there, you are phenomenal. But Talk to us about that game. Some, I mean, you don't do not do tappings, do you? But, I mean, that's not no. you up there with one of your best performances in the ICC shirt,
3: yeah? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I think Dad and uh, Scotty Scott, said for me to put on the lottery after the game with those two finishes. But uh, I I felt I felt good going into the game. I felt good this whole of beginning of the season, to be honest with you, going into every game. And uh, even going 1-0 down, I still felt like, we would bounce back from it because they started very well, obviously. They were good at set pieces and stuff like that. And maybe just being the home team kind of came at us really quick in the first 15 and we didn't get to grips with it. But nah, I always kind of thought we'd get back into it just with the quality we have in the team. And don't know, I just, I fancy mys- myself from any kind of angle, really. I think I've got a decent shot on me and luckily two went in. <laughs>
4: It always looks better when a lefty puts him in. I mean, you're you're yeah. blessed to be a left footed but it'd be both both cracking goals. But is that something that you're you're looking to get more of? I mean, you've you've had had some good good obviously strikes before then, but is this something you're looking to add to your game? Get, I mean, basically take take a shot of goal, take a pop at goal, and see what happens.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's especially playing in centre mid. You've got to contribute with goals, and assists, maybe getting into the box late, like, or even hitting one from distance, like you said. So. Even at left-back as well, I could, I got quite a few chances. So mm-hmm. just try and uh, add everything to my game and become a more all-round player, so to say.
4: So, what's, I mean, I I, I I, don't know if you heard the comments. I talking to Billy on one of the press a few weeks ago and he said that you've got to be a wee bit more, how would he say, just a bit more angry of a player. You're too nice a guy sometimes. Have they said that to you? That sometimes yeah. in your last season you're a wee bit of pardon the world, but just, 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 just be a dick sometimes, you know, and just uh, yeah. be a bit angry on the pitch. Is that something that's I, resonated
3: with you? Uh, yeah, I don't know. My dad says I've always been like that. I'm just, I'm quite a laid back guy in general. And I try to use my head more than it, like my brain more than anything and be clever with it. But the gaffer obviously last season said I needed to do more of it, which was fair enough. If I'm playing in his team, he's the manager and stuff like that. So I've really tried to focus on that and, use my body more and stuff like that, because I'm, I'm not a small guy, if you know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. I would fancy myself in any 50-50 kind of thing, so, I've kind of taken that on, uh, from last season, obviously being a frustrating one, and just, kind of said, like this season, to myself, like, I'm going for it, and I'm trying to stay in the team, and no one's taking me out, kind of thing.
4: Ah, uh, you sort of have my mind there, with my next question, last season was frustrating, obviously in and out and stuff, playing at left back, and, yeah, did you feel at the start of this season, it's probably come in and, I don't mean you've, you've not got a point to prove to yourself but just maybe just to the coaching staff, so like this is this is this is my year and I'm I'm taking the bill by the horns.
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean it's something that I thought about to myself and obviously really close with my dad in terms of my football and stuff like that. So I spoke to him about it and said that this season I was just going to kind of grab the bill by the horns kind of thing and make sure I was playing every game and not give the not give anyone a reason to kind of doubt me in any way. So I was just really focused on that and just want to keep it going because I feel like I've had a decent start
4: to this season. What's your dad's name again? Mike. Mike, I know listen to the podcast. Shout out to Mike. He's a regular <laughs> listener to the podcast. So, hope you're enjoying this, Mike, when you're up and down the road in the van. But um, looking at this season as a team, I mean, a few fans obviously got a wee bit, oh God, they got a bit sticky about because we, we lost a couple of games. But it's been a positive start to the season. I mean, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the start of the season we had last season. But again, last season we didn't progress through the, the stage of the League Cup, so you got to take it off as smooth. But all in all, it's been a positive start and the last few weeks' performances from yourself and the team has been, been superb. What's changed? Is it just a wee bit of luck or just you're going to get little sticky patches in the season like we had? I mean, I think
3: you're always going to get sticky patches. I think every team's going to get them, regardless, just through the whole season. But it's about making sure they don't last longer than maybe the two games that they did for us this season, whereas you've seen last season it went on for 11 it's kind of you got to make sure it doesn't keep on continuing if you know what I mean to keep us Mm -hmm. up there and just as long as it doesn't progress further than two games well I'm saying two games you don't want to be losing any game you know what I mean but Mm -hmm. it's all about uh managing it I would say really and like maybe even just having that wee bit extra focus after those two games that we had the loss and just even speaking to each other and say right we're just going to work our balls off today and We'll take it and we'll we'll win that way,
4: kind of thing. And then for yourself, going for the season, do you? I mean, you just want to play football, so you play anywhere. But would you prefer a run in the middle or drop back to left back? What's what's your preference?
3: I, I'm really not that bothered. Um, I like both. I uh, maybe like I've, I could say I'm liking centre mid a little bit more right now. Obviously, off the back of the Dung D game and the Rafe game, having good performances in there, but. I'm ha- I'm just happy, like you said, to play anywhere kind of thing. Just as long as I'm playing and
4: putting in good performances for the team. It's uh, to- 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 two totally different roles, obviously. But do you yeah. think in the middle you're, you can maybe showcase your talents a bit more because you've also got a bit more autonomy to to be a bit more forward thinking, haven't you?
3: Uh, yeah, maybe. I would say you probably you're at the heart of it maybe a lot more, and you can probably dictate games a lot more to who's if we're gonna be on the attack or if we'll keep the ball and stuff like that. So. Yeah, you could maybe say you showcase your your ability a wee bit more in there just because you're around everything. But you can also showcase at left-back as well and stuff like that. Mm
4: -hmm. No, I agree, mate. Totally, totally agree. And then obviously, I think I know the answer, but it's looking good for a squad for a, a title challenge this year again, isn't it?
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously we were disappointed last year, but we kind of said again this year that that's our main aim, like to get up and get promoted and win the title. And... I think we've got a good group of boys to do it. I think uh, even the new lads that have come in, I think we've got a really good uh, chance this year. And I would say it's probably a closer group again, even than last year. Even though last year everyone was really close again, but I would say everyone's in it together. So I would, I would
4: back ourselves. You know. No, oh, good man. I like that answer. And then you're not one of the young ones anymore. You get, you get. I know. we've got Davids last week 16 year olds coming on now are you, are you feeling like an older man in the team now?
3: Tell me about it am still only 20 but I feel I've played quite a few games now so you feel like an older one kind of thing but obviously Dan's little brother Carl, getting his uh, first start was great to see obviously I've known Dan's family for years and years yeah. so it's a, bit, it's a bit strange now that playing with him and his brother again but nah I'm delighted for him and uh, he's a good player definitely a good player
4: No, it showed good signs and uh, yeah, one for the future. And just touching Dan there, it's good having Dan back. He's obviously, I I spoke to yourself in the press about it and spoke to Dan. You've played together since you're probably about nine or ten, I think, haven't you? So you know what each other's doing. So even you playing the most central role just now still benefits your relationship with Dan, doesn't it? Because he's out wide and you know what he's doing.
3: Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, I think Dan did say it in the press a few weeks ago that like I would say we probably know what each other are going to do instantly. We've played together since under 10s or something like that. But it's good to have him back. He's a good guy and he's a, he's a good player as well. And He can win his games uh, just with his speed and his finishing. So he's a great addition for us.
1: Um, Talks. have you always seen Harper as a left-back or did you think he could do a job in midfield? Because you've obviously made the move from full-back to centre-midfield and back again in centre-half. So... How hard is it to change positions, and what do you need to do from your experience to adapt?
5: He's, he's had he's had some experience uh, youth team wise, um, so that gives you that sort of platform. I had the same as well. I was I was actually a centre midfielder when I came up, and um, Steve kind of Steve see me as a as a right back, so it's kind of different from Cami. I went from midfield a fullback. He's went from a fullback to playing in a midfield area. Um, there was a couple of times tonight that you know. He, maybe did a couple of things wrong but we're not we're not asking for a perfect performance but what,
1: what, what he does just, offer... just highlight highlight you know for, for the you know the basic fan ourselves we, we, we don't watch the same the game the way you do like what did what did you do wrong
5: it, it's just like if you're in midfield there's there's a different way of tracking men their movement in midfield is different from say playing against a wide man so wide man's more sort of going like direct at times they'll go long to come short kind of thing just I noticed a couple of times in midfield they got kind of sort of missed. A, hard to explain, but there was just a couple of moments I just thought that, you know, maybe playing in there more regularly he'll we'll get. Because right. he was playing right. against a very good three in there. Uh, well, certainly the two of them. The young lad i have never seen a lot of, but the guy got sent off. But the other two are very, very uh, experienced, and I thought he played very well tonight. I thought he was maybe slightly deeper now. Um I think maybe Steve will correct me. Um might have been playing a little bit more higher up in a of The maybe the Wraith game, mm. but I, uh, um, just that lovely left You've seen the strike tonight as well. He can hit uh, a free kicks. He's good from set mm-hmm. pieces, but a real find actually because I, I think you know just with it, I think Allardyce as well got a bit of injury. So to have that extra option in Kami to come play centrally is is, is been a major uh, bonus for for Billy and the team.
4: Ross, is it, is it going to be a bit more? spatially aware. I mean, I'm thinking. Obviously, if he's playing left back, you're basically a bit more narrow. You're looking, but the game's all in front of you. You're not looking behind you, really, if you're bombing up the left hand side. But to go from that to centre mid, whether that be an eight or a ten, you basically you basically got periscope, haven't you? You've got to look everywhere sideways. Is that an easy transition? Because he's obviously transitioned well, but that will obviously take a little bit of time to sort of come to fruition, won't it?
5: Yeah, and that's what I meant. Just like, it was a couple of things, and I mean a couple of things, and I'm nitpick, nitpicking because I, I really rate the lad. Um, but he's going to he, he's going to play against a lot of experienced players, midfield wise, and, and players that have been playing there for a lot of years, and their movement is is decent. You know, they they'll make that extra, they'll find that extra space in there, and that's what I mean. Um, but I I just think he's got good legs, um, gets about, he can close down, and I'll tell you what, I would love to see the mileage he uh, covered tonight. He Definitely. he put in a shift. And 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 Roddy's in the same boat as well. They, they really do put in a, a fair shift, and and that and, and Inver need legs in that midfield to get forward. And I was just like maybe Roddy and coming to go beyond Billy McKay some at times, um, but just just the goals he's got has has been really good. I
4: guess it comes down there as well, doesn't it though? Because obviously they grew up playing together, and obviously when he was behind him at left back, now he's essentially side by side now, isn't he? So that they've got that relationship already. Yeah, they do.
5: Um they linked up fairly well. Um when I seen I just thought maybe um a lot of the players are really flexible and I, I like that in Inverness team. There's guys that can play maybe a couple of positions. Um Ram can play me play right back centre half. Um Delaney play left back centre half. So it's good to have that options from players that can play David Carson's in the same boat as well. So yeah, really good um options for for Billy to have. Um and Cammy can play wide left, semi-field, left back. So, you know, that's that versatility coming
1: through. Okay, we're going to go to, uh, for the first time ever, we're going to go to the phones. <laughs> on the line, we've got Roddy McLeod and he's in Broadford Sky. Hello, caller. You are sort of live on the whining shuffle. Please do not say fuck or bugger. What is the burning issue setting your scants on fire tonight? What do you want to ask us or, or Cali Thistle's most famous ever player?
0: <laughs> um... So I think everyone would probably agree that we've all been quite impressed with uh, with Cami Harper, um, especially the last few weeks and month. Um, going on the pay per view last season, uh, I heard heard Ross kind of saying that um, when he was in charge of the youth teams, he would he would play them all over uh, and not just left back. So so Ross, are you, are you taking credit for for Cami's in form?
5: Well, I have to be honest with you. Um, I never actually coached Cami. Um, oh. He kind of slipped through my sorry. So. Um, I think the coaches, speaking to Ronnie Duncan, uh, one of the youth games a couple of weeks ago, I think Kami always had that skill of, of going forward and um, playing you know, further forward in that sort of midfield position. So you can see by the, the sort of uh, easiness he's adapted to to the to the Cali Thistle midfield and the goals he's scored. So even last year, you can see that he was um, more excited to go forward than maybe the defensive side of things. So... Um, just such a, a good find and a, a great option now in midfield.
0: What uh, what sort of um, so obviously you played for us for for a, for a fair while. What's uh, what's your favourite memory or one that stands out from uh, from returning from an away day, so on the bus or or, or whatever like that.
5: One of the Something one of the best journeys. <laughs> yeah, one of the best journeys home was Air United uh, when we won. We basically clinched the league and. That, that journey uh, back took ages but I didn't want it to end um, so I would say that was probably um, such a a great uh, trip home um, remember Terry coming on the bus with like a trolley full of, of beers with a few stop-offs in the way and ended up in a, a club in Inverness where tracksuit on but yeah that was that was such a, a great day the fans were down so much fans down there that they filled the 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 way in behind the goal um, and just the, the party on the the pitch after the game so um, that was just a great day and a great journey home
1: That was the day uh, I had to get attended to by paramedics at Somerset Park <laughs> <laughs> I,
5: think
0: that, I think that was my first away day as as a as a young man so Was um, it?
5: Good one to have
0: uh, I was still in high school at the time a bit younger but yeah me and a, f- a few others from Sky you know the Twins boys um, yeah we travelled down that, that day and back so yeah it was Great memories
4: of that one. Oh, I was crying out it. Enjoy that one. Right, right, good man, Roddy. Cheers for coming All the best. Catch you
3: got no soil rubber bumpers. Spit. Well,
1: well, well. Now a new feature. It's a big debate. It's called Head to Head. It's the one that the boys have been most looking forward to. Two minutes each, opposing arguments, and the adjudicators decide who wins. So an example would be, you know, Ian McCall is a tit and a a terrible manager, or Ian McCall is an absolute top bloke and a fantastic manager. So why don't we just do that one? Why's that sound? You've got one minute. I want you to fill the minute.
4: Go. Right on. So... Ian McCall a tit and a bad manager, but he's managed for 20 years. He's never won anything higher than League One, right? I mean, for 20 years, okay, a, a wee Challenge Cup in here, a playoff victory with Ayr, they won the league. I think he won a bit with Thistle as well, didn't he, coming up? But 20 years, probably flopped at Dundee United. First season at Dundee United, scraped into the top six, and then the second season, struggled just to avoid relegation with a massive budget. Um, he also looks like misses Doubtfire, so he's a bit of a tit, but probably the biggest tip moment I've heard and this came in another podcast the other week there was when he was manager of United he turned up a training with a party so track suit on, which screams to me massive tip but yeah I think he's he's up there with Dick Campbell one of the worst losers if you listen to his interview after the game tonight that's it's disgusting much, yeah. um, I mean dry your eyes Ian but I think he's a, a manager who's probably got more, a lot more credit for the, uh, the achievements that he, than, he, than he deserves to be honest I don't think he's, he's won that much in 20 years I time think.
1: up that's you
4: okay He's a tip.
1: Okay, Stevie has made the case for E McCall being a tit. I told so you got to make the case for him being an absolute top drawer geezer. Are you ready? Yep. One minute, starting now.
5: E McCall has not aged for about 30 years. He's always looked the same. He's never changed. And he's got a lovely pair of calves. I noticed that tonight. Alright, <laughs> <laughs> We'll talk about that later. He's also... Gets his team playing for him. Um, Been very impressed over the years. Um, He might have not managed at the top level, but he's certainly um, the seven clubs, I think that's correct. Uh, Parted twice. He's always gets his teams up for games. Um, You know, I've I've spoken to Barry Robson, Paul Ritchie, and they played for him. And and, yeah, he's uh, always finds a hidden gem. He's got a knack of finding players, lower leagues, taking them into the you know, especially like a championship team, a league one. So yeah, he's a knack of finding um, gems. Um, he's also won awards. We're not saying he's a top manager in a, the top leagues, but certainly a very, very good manager at uh, lower league level. I've had a beer room as well, and he's also not a bad guy.
1: That's your time's up. Well, that is. Uh, it's going to be hard to pick a winner there, but I have picked a winner. Um, and the winner is it will astound you to know the winner is Mr Tokely uh, because I met Ian McCall last season uh, in the, car, par- no, he in the wasn't. car park in is the it? car park no he wasn't in the car park at uh, Queen of the South okay. and he was, a- he was a decent chatty bloke no, and sure. think- he was right. I-, I think if you're a-, you're a decent geezer if you're up for a chat if- well if you're a decent geezer and you're up for a chat then you can shit in anyone's shoe you want in my book I think that's what the famous story was where they call him Joby McCall.
4: Yeah, nah, he's absolutely all right, to be honest. Yeah, nah. Now that the debate is over and I've lost, I agree with Ross actually. I mean, he's, he is a good manager. Yes, he, he is. But Ross is not using 30 just because that makeup from his doubt That's why. <laughs> Look at him again. It's, it's Robin he's, Williams.
5: I watched him tonight. He, uh, he chews chewing gum. Unbelievable. What, type, what a shift he puts in with the chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. He had the hat on, the hat off. I know Billy took his jack off tonight, but um, yeah, he's. He's um he paces about that. It's a bit like myself in the dugout. I like he really gets involved and he, he backed his players and his team. So that's you know, a lot of the opposite fans don't don't like that the way he acts, and, and he is a bad loser. And again, he wants to win games of football, and that's that's what it's all about.
1: Now time for our new feature, examining what's been going on behind the scenes at the club.
3: Hey, you'll find me in the club.
1: Before we talk about the energy crisis and, and concerts uh, let's hear from a relative newcomer to the club video analyst Fraser Gorman
4: Billy had mentioned you last season maybe not a name but he said that he was getting a bit, of, a bit of analysis in and I think that's an important key role that we don't talk about but just Go back to Starfield. How did you get involved in analysis performance? I mean, I know you were at Hamilton, but were you a player before that, or was it always the, the technical side of the game you were interested in?
8: No, no, um, never never a player. Um I suppose growing up, um always had a had a, an interest in education. I suppose um went to university down in Glasgow with the with the outlook of you know becoming a PE teacher. Um so I was I was in my fourth year at uni down there and analysis was a module. Um, So, at that point, I went to University of the West of Scotland, which was in Hamilton. Um, And at that point, the Hamilton Ackies was looking for an intern to go in, um, and they got in touch with the uni. My my lecturer kind of pinpointed me to maybe take on that role, put it across me if that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I'd done. Um, So, done a year doing an internship at Hamilton, which was great. Um, just kind of learning the job along with the sports scientist and the manager there which was Billy Reid which was, which was great for me and then at the end of that season I was approached by Partick Thistle to see if I would go, and go there which was a dream come true for me being a Partick Thistle fan so done two years there before um, coming up um, to join Ross County with, with, with Dodgy that's obviously how I know him um, but always in the back of my head it was always in to get back into the education sector and for me analysis was Almost education within football, so it was perfect for me. You know how how do we how do we educate players? Um, and video analysis was a perfect one. Um, so moved up there with, with Jim, and, and obviously the manager now had a great time there. Um, Covid and whatnot hit, uh, and I thought right now is my chance to try and get back into education. We trained as a teacher. Um, the manager Dodge he's always kept in touch with me. He's always been brilliant with me, Stevie. Um, And when he said that he wanted somebody to go to Inverness with him, it it was something that I was really keen on doing. Obviously, Dodgy had a budget. He was trying to maximise what he gets out of the budget and put that towards the playing staff, which is the way it should be. Um, So it kind of put things on hold a little bit. We managed to source our sponsors at Ceramax, which have been brilliant with us, um, and they wanted to fund the video analysis department. Um, So getting that sponsorship deal is what inevitably pushed me through coming to the club.
4: So, I mean, the fans, we all know when watching Sky, you all see the opt-in decks and we're aware a of that the manager's and stuff like that.
0: Yeah.
4: I mean, I was surprised until, I, don't, I just assume we always had a bit of analysis about some sort of department pre-your arrival, but talk to me a bit about what you do for Doncey in terms of, is it, you've got a plan of, maybe you watch a game, you watch a game against Queen's Park last Saturday and you'll pick out bits, or does Billy come to you and say, look, I need you to look at certain passages of play, pick them out. Put them together
8: for me. How's, how's it working on a daily basis? Yeah, so I think um, I think as an analyst, your job is is to know the exact way that your manager wants to play, um, and you almost become that that second brain of his. That you know the way he wants to play. Therefore, you know how to break down the opposition by looking at the video. Um, now, by no means am I am I one of the coaches. I leave that whole side of it to obviously the manager, um, Scott Barry and, and Big S who do a brilliant job. However, I've got a really good insight of how they want to play, what they expect their players to do. So what I'll do is I'll look through the opposition and so will they. um, And I'll cut it up into different phases of play that the manager wants to exploit, looking at the opposition's strengths and their weaknesses and how we're going to exploit them, how they might play against us. From there, um, I'll sit with the manager and we'll go through the video. But like, as as you touched on there, with Sky Sports, we'll put on the graphics we'll move players to where we want to almost exploit the opposition um, and from there we'll put it into a package where the manager will then sit down with the players and he'll look at set pieces which the manager is massive on um he'll look at their, their set pieces both for and against what they're doing in open play what their strikers are doing if they go with a back three or a back four how are we going to play against that um, and then moving on to a match day I'll then analyse all that in real time so I'll be up the back of the main stand um, and I'll be connected down to the dugout. And if I can see anything that the opposition's doing, it's maybe something that we highlighted in the video. I can point that out. Now, nine times out of ten, they've seen it themselves. But mm. with me having that high vantage point up there and I can break it all down, it means at half-time and at full-time we can go down and we can show the staff and we can show the players exactly what the manager's meaning. You know, I, I suppose if I, was, if I was to give you an example, you know, if if we can see the goal like a corner kick, You know, there's so much that's going on at a corner for the human eye to recognise everything that's been on there. It can be difficult for a manager to see that in real time. However, me being up there and managing to watch the game back, watch the replays back, I can get that information down. there. it might just be a quiet word they can have onto the player on the pitch to say, look, we understand that was your man. Maybe stand this side of him next time. If it's the man that's in between the goalkeeper or not, you know, what is he doing? And just so he can get that information back down onto the players as quick as he can.
4: I think Billy's credited you a few times in terms of some valuable, valuable information you've given him. So it's good awesome on the job you're doing. But in terms of the players, do you have much interaction with players? And a player maybe come up to you and say, "Listen, free can you pull my last three games? Uh, I've had a shocker, or I've been I've been great. I want to look at what I've done right or what I've done wrong."
8: Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a bit that I enjoyed about it when I touched on the education side of it. Um, you, you said there about Y Scout, which is a brilliant tool. And um, so we we dive into that quite a bit and mix that along with my own stuff. So quite often the players will come to me and say, you know, can you show me this or can you show me that? Which is fine. However, I, I put um, who they're playing against, all the, all the opposition clips, individual clips, will go up on a, a platform called Huddle that we use. So, and every player's got an account. So say for a Friday night, for example, they can go and look if it's a, I don't know, a fullback for us, for example, they can go and look on at their direct opponent you Know, does he like to come inside? Does he like to go outside? And that might just spark up that wee conversation between him and the manager or, or him and the coaching staff. You know, how do you want me to handle this? I've noticed this, or the play we are 10, who are you want in picking him up? You know, those kind of things. And it just sparks that that conversation between the staff and the player, which for me, I think, can only be a healthy thing moving yeah, forward. I think I'm going to give
4: you credit for the turnaround in the St. Johnson first game. then. I know, but I can't really admittedly, maybe you get it wrong, but. Um, and you get the credit for that but um, again I, I got out up for when I interviewed him he's, he's humble that way if he made a mistake or he did something wrong then as you say he adapts to it mate and it's having guys like yourself around him that can give him that information that will, that will make him do that so let's talk about this uh, ceramics deal obviously it was, in the, it was in the club website the other day and that's what sparred me to get you on how important obviously for you it's massively important but how important is it for the club to also get that funding which allows guys like yourself to, to do it all
8: yeah, well, I, I mean, you said there about analysis before. They they had Andy Johnson there, who was there for a number That's of years, who'd done, who done a brilliant job for the club. um, You know, and the highlights and things that he was putting out was excellent. To my knowledge, he was still giving the club the footage, um, and they were going through and picking out the bits that they want. This deal from Serimax allowed us to get the softwares in that allowed me to really process a football match in real time. Um, and and putting that into stats and percentages, along with the actual footage and the clips, at the same time, without the max deal, I probably wouldn't be at the club, to be honest with you. Or or I may be at the club, but I wouldn't be able to do the job to the best that I can. Um I know the manager was really keen on bringing me in. I was really keen on being there, so the deal may well have happened. But having this sponsorship deal, put it to the best that we can be. Now I know you spoke about you know Ross Hughes and he's his GPS monitors and things like that, that's pretty visible to the fans, you know, because it's a change. You can see the vests, you can see the GPS trackers. You might not actually see the the money that the, the, what we are doing with the funding that Seramax has gave us, but the softwares that it's allowing behind the scenes for the players to go on and watch games, look at their individual opponents, for the staff to be able to go and do that. Um, that deal um, is certainly funded the analysis department to be the best that it can be. For me, only being part-time, we certainly run the department almost like it's full-time. You know, I've been doing analysis for a while, um, you know, a number of years now. And I, I would like to think I'm fairly quick at it. Um, so I can almost do this job full-time, but in a part-time capacity from home. And it works out perfect. Um, but like I said, without the money that Sarah Max gave us, I wouldn't be able to do that. And in terms of, you know, I, I know it's tongue in cheek what you're saying, but the manager's always been—he's been so loyal to me. Um, sure. I, sp- I know I spoke to you, and you said we conversation after about instilling confidence in people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just—he's a brilliant person, to know. He's, he, and all he's—and what he says is—is—is is, is exactly what he does. Um, and like I said, after unfortunately having Jim left Ross County, he was always the first person on the phone to me to keep in touch. Um, and when the opportunity came back round for me to work with him and, and, and to offer him mass services, it was something I really I had to take on, you know, speaking to my wife as well. She was really keen on that happening because football can be like ships passing in the night with people, you know, you work with people then before you know they're gone and you might never speak to them again. Um, the manager was never, ever like that with me. He always wanted to keep in touch and see how we were doing, see how the kids and the, and, and the families doing. So it was something that I had to take on. And, and like I said, I, I, I want to do well for him. I want mm-hmm. to do well for this football club because inevitably we're not going to be here forever. And that's the reality of it. It's people like you guys that are the heart and soul of the club. And mm-hmm. if we can try and, you know, maximise what we've got here to get the club back to where we think it should be, where Seri thinks it should be, which is the Premier League, then then that's what we'll do.
1: I don't know about video analysis. I think Fraser should be doing team talks. That was a rousing speech here. I thought generally, generally I thought he was very interesting, Steve. It'd be great to have him on again, maybe for a whole pod, or maybe we could sit down with him after a match and we could go through the match and see what his thoughts are in terms of analysis. But, talks. did you have any sort of video analysis when you were playing or or to the latter stages of your career? And how important do you think it is in the modern game?
5: I think it's uh, very important. I think it's... um... You can identify areas to improve on, and you can actually show players, um, you know, the areas that they've, they've gone, you know, they've gone wrong. So they're actually seeing it, a visual rather than the coach telling them. They're actually going through and and, and and seeing. But also, I think it has to be positive as well. I think it's you know showing them like what they've done well as well. You know, also, um, I didn't have that at all in my career. We watched a few of the bigger games, um, or if it, maybe a result went wrong. But I think there has to be um the positive side of it as well um I've certainly when we've my under 16s have went down to a few of the clubs that have had the games filmed and I'll go and watch it back and it's amazing the things you can pick up that you don't see in the actual time so i think this having this this guy um involved at the football club is is, is a major positive um and it gives the manager um ideas um along the way as well so it's not just him seeing things he's actually you know can go and uh, watch games uh, back it's a really good uh, thing to have
4: The way Fraser does it as well he splices individual analysis up so maybe likes a Barry or, or, or Kells or Billy can go and say like, here's your 7 minutes 8 minutes of game time from that game and it's all individual on them you know and it's, it can be more one to one coaching as well as well as a team so I think there's plenty of options he does he's he's at every game as far as I'm aware and uh yeah, it's, it's something that Billy worked with the at County on. And uh, yes, yeah, he's a, a benefit and looks like he's working so far.
1: Well, let's move on to some of the, the burning topics. A uh, few things that need to be looked at. Obviously, everything's very positive at the moment, but there's a few things that aren't so positive. Speaking on BBC Radio Scotland the other week, Scott Gardner said um, in terms of the energy crisis that the pressure feels colossal. He said... If we didn't have a board of directors who are as good as we are, it would be very, very close to the edge. We don't have an owner. The easiest way to run a football club is to have a benevolent dictator uh, because you can go to them if you're struggling, and we don't have that. But thankfully, we've got a board of directors and the support of our suppliers, and if they weren't extending credit lines, um, you know, essentially, we'd be in trouble. Um, So I'm thankful to them for doing that, and you can only imagine other CEOs having the same pressures as me. He's joking about sleepless nights, but That is absolutely the case, he says. He says we will get past it because we have other things in the pipeline. Um, let's talk about the. No, let's talk about it. Now. What, Steve? What is the pipeline? What, what's, what do you think he alludes to there? Do you have any insight into that?
4: Oh, I, don't, I don't. I don't in terms of specific. I mean, I think also talk about stuff the IRA. I think that's a, a positive. But in terms of his pipeline, it's got to be. It's got to be stuff in terms of cash next season. Whether, whether he's talking about pipeline is projected season ticket sales for next season. I'm sure they'll have a project, projection if we go up. There'll be a different budget. So I think when he looks at that, that that's, that's maybe he's talking about. But I don't know for certain. mate. I don't. I don't think I've. I've given
1: yeah, because it's difficult a, to see where the the different cash revenues can come from. But we'll we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. But here, United, they're canvassing their fans. Canvassing their fans at the moment. Dundee, they're canvassing their fans at the moment. Exactly the same thing. Both clubs about earlier kickoffs. They're looking at twelve forty five kickoffs presumably to save money by not using the floodlights, which is obviously a massive drain of resources and cash, uh, and also so they can start selling streams again. Talks. do you think that that's something that Cali Thistle might look at? We've not done it yet. Possibly.
5: I, I certainly think that um, clubs will save money by, by having the games at that time, but you've also got to, on the other side of the coin. So say there was a 12.45 kickoff in air, That would be a, have to be an overnight stay. You know, probably more overnight stays. We've just spoken about it um, earlier in the, in the podcast, so um, I just I just think that some clubs might do it. <laughs> I think it's just the way it's going. Um, I'm not sure what Scott's meaning. I certainly know that he, that he probably would be having sleepless nights. I think that he's um, very hands-on. He spends a lot of hours in that stadium um, and takes a lot of things quite personal um, and he puts a lot of work into it. So whether it's possibly maybe selling some players, I, I, I'm Chuck and I, I don't know off the off the side. But He's certainly got some very good players in that team um, that you could sell that have sell value. Um, but you know you want to keep the, the strongest team. Understand that. But it'd be interesting to see what he means by.
4: I said This is probably our best chance to go up. I think we've got a good shot at this, and that's is that, that's that's the million dollar question, isn't it? In January, do we stick or twist? Do we sell or do we? Put eggs in one basket and say, look, let's win the league and get up and get Premier League money. But then do we need the money in January? Can we afford to go at the end of the season? That's the, the big question.
5: I, I think I think they need to keep Robbie Dees for the whole season. I think he's a, a major um key in the in the team. Mm-hmm. I personally think if Kami Hart were scoring goals like he has been doing, there's <laughs> gonna be clubs interested. Because if we've got a midfielder that is scoring goals and playing well, that's that's a that's a Mm-hmm. That would be uh, clubs uh, circling about But I-, I just think Keeping a hold of Robbie D's is important And, mm-hmm. and of course uh, promotion Is going to bring more money, miles more money uh, For the football club
1: um, We're going to have to touch on this briefly Because people want us to talk about it And we should talk about it um, After we recorded our last pod it broke That the concerts at the stadium Didn't exactly have the impact The club thought that they would Creditors reportedly uh, haven't been paid in full According to local press And I've complained A bit as much And the Concert Co I think is in the process Of being wound up um, Allegedly, reportedly Put our minds at ease, Stevie uh, You know more than we do This is a completely This is completely separate From the club, isn't it? It's a completely separate entity And it won't affect the club Will it? Uh,
4: Yes and no It's a completely separate company But if the Concert Company Is owed, owed money to local businesses Who the football club also trade with Then it's going to affect relationship and football side as well so i think it's a massive massive worry you know because we work for a lot of local businesses we that's how we market these concerts at the hotels the catering hospitality industry would benefit from us hosting these concerts but if we didn't pay them what happens when the football club go to get some supplies from the said company would you give them money if the the concert company owed your money because everyone knows it's the same people behind it but if you're a business you're not going to give them and i think ross is a uh, ross sorry um Scott's loading this, to his his comments about extra credit times. That's probably where it's coming from, you know, because obviously he's the CEO of the football club, but he's also involved in the ICT concert court, I thing. It's called, so yeah, I'm worried. I think that may affect hospitality business. It may affect, you know, future trade. I mean, Abernethy's is a is a small place, and if you piss one person off, you know, you go go a wildfire. So it's a separate as a separate company, and I don't think the club's going to lose money, but we might not have a good relationship with the local economy and that's a worry, I think, for a small town.
1: That's not, not not the answer I was looking for, Stevie, let's be honest. Okay, let's finish in a high uh, for the club section. The recent community asset transfer of the sports field at Inverness Royal Academy uh, and what a difference that might make for the club and the fo- football infrastructure of Inverness. Craig Masterton from the Community Trust said, the ICT Community Trust Hub will allow us to work collaboratively to engage a broad spectrum our community with girls and boys from three years old right up to retirement age and beyond, covering many different activities from literacy development to health and fitness classes to football memories using football as a catalyst to drive engagement. Inverness Caldwell and Thistle Women's Manager Karen Mason said the new state-of-the-art facility planned for the playing fields next to Inverness Royal Academy will give the women's team an identity they've never had before. And North Caledonian League side Inverness Athletics chairman Sandy Stevens said, never thought this day would come. Absolutely delighted that the club will now have a home in Inverness. Exciting times ahead. So a groundswell of positivity there. Explain to the listeners, Ross, why there is so much joy around this decision and what will it mean in practicality?
5: I think you kind of sort of said it yourself there. It gives um, a whole range of uh, people in Inverness a use of a facility and something that has been lacking since I've been up the road. And you know, I remember coming up and the boys were, were training down Charleston down the grass pitches there and, and and school using school pitches. And you know, I just think having somewhere and, and there's it's good scope there as well. I've spoken to Daniel Lamont as well, who who's been helping out with the with Craig. Um and, and there's certainly, you know, for maybe phase two and three there might be some uh, Astro t- uh, pitches as well with the size of the area so you'll have some good grass pitches down there um, it gives Inverness Affleck, um, a home Sandy's done a lot of work the chairman know personally and I, I think he's put a lot of work in over the years and for them to have the uh, joint use of it is great for them but also just for for the work that Craig does and the youth side of things uh, and all the way up to the walking football with the older gentleman um, you know it is it's great for them to have that hub and that facilities. Um and I also see that, that you know when I take my under sixteens there's there's all age groups of, of the girls and, and not just women's there's actually the girls and um you know Don um who's involved with the Cali under eighteens team with Ryaness and he does a lot of work with with the younger age groups at the girls level and I think just having this new facility um is is tremendous for Inverness.
1: Uh, I, I'm personally I'm delighted to see the the uh, the facility will be built there because as I put on Twitter there a few weeks ago uh, I used to go to Inverness Royal Academy and I played for Inverness Royal Academy in sixth and sixth and fifth and sixth year and I uh, scored my only ever goal on on one of those pitches which was a header which is you know I'm not the top, ta- I'm not like you Ross I'm not like you Stevie you know. I'm a I'm a I'm a lithe, slight, slight of build, you know?
4: Own goal, own goal or a speedster.
1: A, I'm a speedster. So it was a header and I was I was over the moon. It's only goal I ever scored for the school. So time um, of the
5: run. That was. It was time
4: of
1: the run. Th- thank you. Time some, of the run. That was some, a, someone uh,
4: gave my punny. So a, yeah, you jumped to someone's back, didn't you? I,
1: I learned it all from Neil McCush and Scott Kelleher. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I only got a game when they left school. <laughs> <laughs> um okay. Coming up next, another new feature. (laughs) Right, it's time for yet another new feature. There's more than just one team. It's the Cali family. We've got ICT, WFC, we've got the under 18s, we've got the under 16s and, and much more. Um, what's been happening out with Billy Dodds' side? Let's delve into the results of the other teams for a moment. Um, ICT, WFC, kicking off with the women's team at time of recording. I think their last result was a 3-3 draw away to air. They currently sit fifth in the championship, of, of which there are eight teams. Nine points off league leaders Renfrew and four points off off bottom side Dryborough. They've scored 19 league goals this term, but they've also conceded the most goals in the league, league, having shipped 21 in seven games. Uh, they also recently lost 3-2 to Livingston, having been 2-1 up. Stevie, tell us a bit more.
4: <laughs> well, I, you basically covered off what I was going to say. Actually, yeah, I mean, I spoke to Natalie Bodium, who um, works at the club, and she's uh, she giving me some insights. So, I think last season it was split in Austin-South. Awesome. So now this is the first year that's uh, back to national championship. H- hence why you got the likes of Renfrew. I think Morton are in there as well. Livingston, as you said, with that um, that victory the 3-2 there. But they've started off pretty well. I mean, they, I think the first game of the season they beat Roseville 5-4 at home. Um, and then they dropped, I think, I think they lost last, the three games after that against Hutchie, Renfrew and Morton. I think they picked up a point away against Dryborough And then they lost the 3-2 to Livingston didn't beat them. But again, I think it's a big stem for the girls as well I mean you've, you've got the, the travelling that the men have to do now you're not just keeping it local in the north you're going down to Central Belt and, and beyond but again it's a competitive league I mean Natalie said they've got a the work cut out but again they've got a, they've got a draw against here and I think they've got a game coming up this weekend that they're, they're hopefully trying to win but yeah it's, it's a work in progress it's a young team you know and again women's football never less is growing year by year and the amount of girls that are playing fantastic and yeah, the women's team last season were on fire in the North, outscoring the men every week. So, yeah, positive start with the women and stuff. And yeah, it's uh, a work in progress, but Natalie's confident they can turn it around and uh, bounce up the table.
1: Uh, and all that note, congratulations to Iona MacArthur, who netted her first senior goal in her second start recently. And to Kayleigh McKenzie, who was named in the HWF Team of the Week this week. Well done, girls. Oh, and uh, before we move on to the to the boys, um the under 16 girls, special mention to the under-16. She won the North of Scotland League Cup 4-1 uh, against Ross County at <laughs> uh, uh near Station Park on the 25th of September. So definitely some quality players coming through for Karen Mason to pick from for next season, maybe. So well done to them. Fantastic. And um, let's move on to the ICT under 18 boys. Um, let's look at a couple of results before we talk to Ross. Uh, 30th of September they beat in Park Thistle 4-1 with two goals from Callum Mackay um, Danny's younger brother two goals for Aaron Nicholson 23rd of September it was a, a 3-0 win I think away from home against Livingston fantastic result with goals from Lewis Mackey Aaron Nicholson and Duncan Proudfoot Ross are you UNS happy with the group this season or what are the targets you've got to be happy with those, uh, with those results phenomenal
5: yeah R-Rainston, um a good bit of work he's there was ten lads that moved up from my under 16s into the into the under 18s So it's a young it's a young side. Um, they've got the likes of Matthew Strachan, uh, Colin Mackay, and uh, Keith Bray, who are full time at the club. Um, and then there's some other ones. There's some other um, players that have played in the first team as well: Jamie Carahan, uh, Duncan Prowse. So this is a this is a talented um, group of, uh, of lads. Um, certainly looking to, to try and progress in the Scottish Cup as well I think mean, they've got their, their game uh, next Sunday at home um, but I was at the Park Thistle game and I'll tell you it was a really good first half but Inverness dominated the second and it was a it was a tremendous uh, win um, they actually should have maybe won by more but um, yeah Park Thistle always a, a difficult side to play at youth level and it was a really um, dominating uh, 4-1 win but uh, yeah, they've got some really good players coming through and they and had some really good results. But I'd say a young side, but uh, Ryan's done a lot of good work with them. And um, there's been one or two my uh, my boys stepping up into the 18s as well. Liam Keogh's son, Shea, is, a, is is one for the future as well. So plays very like his old man. Um, but yeah, there's there's some talented boys that, to 18s and 16s.
1: Sounds uh, absolutely fantastic ross what can you tell us about the under 16s then your, your own group of players um who's who are the ones to watch in that who are you particularly pleased with this season and what are your what's been your standout results
5: um we've had we've had some uh good results we've, we've beaten the likes of uh Dungeon united at home um you know we have had a few sort of tough games as well away from home as well um we actually did quite well against a like, good Aberdeen side um probably they're one of the best and in the country and and, and being like the likes of rangers and Celtic but um it's it's more I'm not there to, to build a, a team I'm there to try and progress these guys uh, to move on into the under 18s and um, you know there's some some good ones in the group I've got um Robbie Thompson's brother Sam Thompson uh, is is another one that catches the eye. Um a lad called Ben Corner who's from Fort William I, a very talented and, and, and rugged left winger, um mm-hmm. very in the, the sort of mould of a, a sort of doogie emery, but a lad that's got a lot of potential. So you know, I'm just naming a few. There's I would say there are four or five lads that are are got potential and, and that's what I like to see. So it's just about their progress individually. And um again we've got a game this weekend against Kilmarnock at home. So it's always nice to go and test your yourselves against the sort of SPL
4: and elite sides. 16, is it more a case of you're still letting the boys enjoy themselves. It's not as regimented or is it when you get to 16s, that's when we start going, right, fun time's over as such and it's, let's progress now. Is there a, a bit of give and take there or is that, am I being too soft yeah. on to the boys and they're just, they're just there for a laugh? Well, my main
5: job is for them to enjoy their football. Um, I certainly love coaching them. So, um, you know, I've certainly enjoyed it since I've came back from from the Highland League and my, my, my main my main aim is to put on good sessions for them, but also to give them the tools. And yeah, there has to be a bit of a bit mix. Um, I, I don't stand for any shit, and I've got to to make sure they're on their toes and, and, and keep them disciplined. But also to know the the values of the club and, and know the way that they're they're going to progress and, and just help them as much as possible and give them the tools and and let them play. But it's, it's when you when you score goals, or you have good performances. It's it's pleasing for me, but also pleasing for them. And and the day their mums and dads are watching, and their main aim is to to try and get a deal, try to be full time, try to get into the first team. It's it's all different sort of um, aims in their in their uh, career.
1: But what do you communicate as the values of the club talks?
5: Um, one to work hard. That's one of the main ones. Um, you know, when they put that jersey on on a, on a Sunday to to really give it everything. Um, something I've always been taught by every manager I've played. at to you, you put that that blue or pink strip. There's the boys have got. You, you wear it with pride. Um, you also go out and pass the ball, um, and, and you know make sure that you, you look after yourself as well. So there's a, a number of things. Also a bit of respect as well. Um, you know to, to to respect your opponents, but also um, to, to to wear the strip with, with that sort of pride.
1: Okay, we'll just finish up that bit and a special mention to loony Ethan Cairns who's banging them in for Forrest and the Highland League. Up next, not League Look Ahead, it's now called Just League Look Ahead.
3: Inverness, what the hell? How you doing, no barter sale? For shitty weather, drugs and pissness, Inverness is a fucking business.
1: Uh, and I think we have our second, second and final, bit of slim pickings on the callers tonight. But second and final caller uh, on the phone it is uh, somebody called Ross McKenzie from Edinburgh. Uh, Ross, do not say fucker bugger. Good evening. Good evening, uh, all. Um, sounds like that's a very familiar voice, Stevie, isn't it?
4: Yeah, uh, from, from somewhere in black, the blast in the past. Yeah. Do you have a question?
2: Um, I mean, does my, my question like? Well, I, I've not been to many games recently. I've missed um, a number of games, and tonight was the first time I'd seen the the team in, in you know the team gel starting to gel this season. I saw some of the horrific stuff at the start of the season. Um, so, I suppose what I would ask you is 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 this form sustainable? So going going into these games that are coming up. And I'm hoping to go to a number of games in the coming uh, month. Is this are we going to continue this run? What well, that's four in a row now. Um, Cove, Hamilton, Wraith, very winnable games. Is is that nine points? Folks, you you
1: you've you've seen all the home games. You you can you could probably look at the consistency a little bit better. How would you answer that?
5: I think we've had a look at all the clubs now. So we've all, like, we've played them once um before, so. I think the run of the last four games have been really impressive. Um, you know, no goals. We're not conceding a lot of goals. That's the, the sort of main thing as well. So, um, a lot of the partnerships are looking good. Um, we've got good legs in the midfield, and, and, and Billy's still sniffing goals, which is is major. Um, you know, you need somebody scoring the goals. So, um, don't get me wrong some really tricky games coming up, but certainly take the confidence from the, the last sort of four or five games.
4: Oh, I agree. I think, <laughs> I think we've got boys coming back from uh, injury as well. If you look at what we spoke about earlier, you've got Samuel's coming back soon. I think Sean Welsh is training now. Obviously, Tom and uh, Shane are a bit further back, but yeah, the teams looking good. And looking even up to the Morton game, which is the last game of this month, there's there's 12 points here, never mind nine. I mean, there's no reason why we can't. It's, uh, it's a massive month and yeah, I'd be confident.
2: But I think, particularly for Ross, watching I watched you know all the games during lockdown when you were doing commentary, and I could tell that you were, you had maybe a wee bit of personal investment in Carmen Harper, and maybe been involved in his development. And I think for us as Invernessians as well, when you get a player coming through like that, you you maybe hold him, you, you really want him to succeed so much, and then when things are going wrong, you tend to be very harsh, and we were been very hard on Kami at various points over the last few years, and particularly the start of this season. So um, the question would be, did you see this midfield uh, conversion coming? And uh, it just seems to me tonight, and he didn't, I mean, it, it wasn't like he wasn't the star man or anything, but it just seemed to work. Like he moves the ball so quickly. He receives it, he passes and moves, and it just makes sense. Was that, was that something you ever saw coming, or is this just a total left field stroke of genius from Billy Dodds?
5: A little bit of left field. Um, he's he's a talented lad and a lovely left foot. Um, he's, he's had to he's had to a lot of uh, pressure on him playing left back. It's never an easy position to play full back or in defence because you know he's asking he, the manager asking him to play against very good uh, wingers and I, I just think the pressure's off him play certain certain midfield or play on the left um, and it just seems like he's just taking it so well. Um, quite natural in there. I've spoken about it earlier in the pod, but just having that reins off him and, and the, the pressure of, you know, he can make a mistake in midfield and not get punished. I think he can make a mistake at fullback and, and get torn to shreds. So I think he's he's a young lad. He just needs to go enjoy his football and he seems to be doing that just now. And, you know, if he keeps doing it, he won't be at Inverness. You know, teams will come in and, and, and look at him. Um, and we don't want to lose them, but certainly the club would would benefit from some money, as we know.
1: Okay, Ross, why do not you stay on for a for a just league look ahead? Yeah, Saturday, the fifteenth of October, next game at time of recording. Cove away, they've only won one game out of four at time of recording, at at home. Uh, we've got the best away record in the league. Stevie, it's going to be a good day, isn't
4: it? Looking forward to it, yeah. I missed the uh, the disaster that you three boys went up to um, last season. But uh, yeah, new ground for me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Um, I think it's going to be a bit more difficult than when I first booked my train tickets after seeing their uh, result against Dundee during the week. But yeah, it's, it's a game we can win. And again, Billy Dawson knows Jim McIntyre inside out. I think they both know how each other was going to play. We beat them comfortably at home the first game, so... Yeah, expect another three points, but yeah, looking forward to it.
2: I went to the last time we were in Cove, and you're asking, you know, will it be a good day? It just won't be, because it's in a fucking industrial estate. <laughs> and it's not Man. even like. we. Okay, you might say we're in an industrial estate, but we're next to the Murray Firth and we're in Inverness. So it's, in, it's in a like. Aberdeen Industrial Estate. It's absolutely grim place. Good luck finding a pint <laughs> within a 10 mile radius.
4: No, nah, we'll try the Aberdeen City Centre, yeah. I've already said that, maybe. Yeah, just for sure. You know, I've,
2: I've really missed your missed your positivity.
1: I uh. really <laughs> missed it. Uh Tuesday, 18th of October, rearranged game, Hamilton at home, three draws from three away from home for the Yakkies. Uh, a game under the floodlights. Will you be at this one, Tokes? And do you think I don't know, it's not exactly I'm having one tonight. It's not a, These games aren't must-win, it's just it, don't lose, isn't
5: it? I won't be at the game. I've got a, a, a under-16 game down at Dundee that's, that Charlie's organised for that night. I'm not sure why he's done that. But, <laughs> um,
1: we're talking about Charlie Christie here.
5: Yeah, yeah we're talking about yeah. Charlie, yeah. So, There's um, a away game. So um, yeah, Is it's, Char- it's Is Charlie uh, going? We're to the Is game.
1: Tra-
5: aye. Uh, Charlie'll be going to the game, aye, but I'll be going down the minibus <laughs> to Dundee, though. So, good so old Charlie. Charlie. But no, <laughs> I have been enjoy going to the games, so I, I I would have been going. Um, and a lot of my lads as well are season ticket holders. They they go and they're over in section ninety four, so they'll miss the game, and we'll have the radio on the way back up the road. But, um, yeah, definitely a, a winnable game. But I just think the Cove game is, is such an important game as well. Um, to keep this to keep this run going because, um, you know the way they played tonight. It was a lot of really good football and exciting exciting times hopefully lie ahead. But I would like us not to get carried away. I this is this is a very uh, hard league this year because there's not a outstanding team and I don't I mean that uh, any disrespect to Cali, but it's a winnable league, but we just need to keep our feet on the ground and just take a game by game on a very cautious approach. Stevie,
1: Stevie, I feel like a teacher has just told us to calm down. Yeah, Do no, not, yeah, not we'll that off. To add, yeah. So. <laughs>
5: Sorry, sorry, sorry.
1: We're all getting excited. Here.
5: <laughs> you can get excited after Christmas and then let's right. just let's okay. get the, the train going. I know you're going on a train for the the Cove game, but let's just keep our feet in the ground the game by game.
1: Right.
5: alright okay. let's <laughs> I'll even join you for a game after Christmas if, if things are going well. How's that for you? I'll we'll hold, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll hold you that. Hold you hold yeah.
1: You that. Um, Saturday, 22nd of October, Wreath at home. Uh, they've only got one win from four away from home at the moment. Um, they've got no wins in uh, 10,000 matches against us. Um, so, you know, anyone listening, if your mate is thinking, nah, I don't fancy going down there, like tell them to get down because because we're definitely going to win and it's definitely going to be a good game. Um, I, I, You know, I, I can only just say, like, what's your score prediction for this? 3-0, 2-1, 4-1. It's... We beat them every time, Steve.
4: Yeah, I mean, let's hope that continues. But yeah, I'll take a scrappy 1-0 win. We're going to know if someone's arsed in the last minute, more as long as it's a three points. But yeah, history says we should beat them and beat them comfortably. But yeah, it's, it's, these games in October, November, it's shit weather. You know, these are the scrappy wins that you need to get. So I think the Hamilton game's a banana skin out of the four here. I think that's the big one. But um yeah, I think we'll do a we'll do race at home. That's, that's a given.
1: I think more of the bananas probably when you move to the next one, it's Friday 28th of October, Morton away. and Going down to Greenock Friday night, we've not done, well, since we beat them 6-1 at Capital, we've not done very well there. Um, we've not done very well against, against them at all. They've only got, I think, one whole win at a time of recording. Uh, so all I can say, Stevie, is I'll see you in the Norseman.
4: Great boozer. Yeah, No, they've done well under Doug Emery, so yeah, that bit of fun.
2: Heading at that one, Mackenzie? Hopefully. I, the, the idea of a Friday night in Northland with uh, yourself and Stevie is very appealing. Well, you know, it's. I, I, here's me thinking we weren't friends anymore. The, the, I don't know what made you think that. I've just been very busy, Muff. I'm, <laughs> I'm making a comeback. I'm making a comeback through the winter. And then, well, that's all the games for
1: October. And then we'll be back in November with a tough month with... Um, well, it's a very tough month. Tough month. You got Arbroath home on the fifth of November. Um, Queens Park away on the twelfth of November, and then A at home on the nineteenth of November. So yeah, we've we've got a those. That's a tough run of games, uh, Mister Mackenzie, isn't it?
2: Well, the, the run of games that you started with there, though. I mean, if you, there was talk last week, the midweek games that maybe scuppered it a wee bit. But last week there was talk of the league kind of splitting in half. Um. So it, uh, and even tonight you've got your top five and your bottom five. It's a lot tighter with Cove and Morton having won the games in midweek. But what what our next five games are the bottom five, which it was perceived that Kenneth kind of were starting to drift away. Now we've been here before. I think I can remember looking ahead to five games against supposedly the five weakest teams in the league, and we've got bugger all out of it.
1: Do you think we have got our string to our bow of the season talks? Do you think we can break these teams down? Do you think we do have different ways to win football matches?
5: Yeah, we do. Um, the one thing I've really liked about the team this year is, is the pace. I think just having that, um, having Dan and, you know, and Boyd, uh, Boyd as well on the right-hand side, just having that little bit of, of that quickness on the break. Um, but I just think that, you know, it's going to be key, keeping everybody fit, getting the players back um, I, I'm not putting any sort of dumps on, on your enjoyment of like enjoying it and stuff. I just want us to just go through each game and, and not get too bothered about the neck the you know, the next sort of runner of games. I want us just to take a game by game and it's a it's a football cliche, but um this league is very winnable. There's like seriously and I think even the bottom five teams are as dangerous as the top like your Martins, your you know, they're all... Morton are probably one of the best sides I've, I've seen at Cali Park. I thought they played really well against us at Cali Park. So, you know, you will have them fired up. And Every game has got their, their dangers. It's just about how we approach it. And we've got um, a lot of very good players. That's what we need to keep thinking about.
2: The problem with Roscoe's one-game-at-a-time approach is it's, it's a monthly podcast. So we yep. we need to do a weekly podcast <laughs> if we want to take that approach. No. And Moftus doesn't have the time... To, yeah, I understand to, that, but
5: or you, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, but, leagues are but, never won in October, November time. Leagues are won when you know it's the business end of it, and Inverness just need to, to keep doing what they're doing, and and we should be yeah. all right.
1: Okay, now, it wouldn't be uh, a glamorous new pod without my glamorous assistant, Stevie Riley, giving away another glamorous item of ICT apparel. And they do not come any more glamorous -er than this. Please explain to the listeners what you have squeezed your frame into and will be giving away to one lucky listener, Stevie.
4: Yeah, you're trying to say I tried this top-on when it came in through the post, and <laughs> I certainly did, and it looked like a fucking roller blind when it rolled up to my tits. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's not signed, it. it's match-worn, I'll get him to sign it for whoever the lucky person is, but yeah, it's uh, a match-worn Cami Harper, Man of the Moment shirt, uh, I think it's when he played 16, that be two seasons ago, the first year we had the pink shirt, so yeah, match-worn, and I'm sure Cameron will sign it for the lucky winner when we, when we announce that next month.
1: Perfect, and all you need to do to win that is um, just what we've done before: is uh, like the the tweet that we out, retweet it, and make sure you follow the pod. Yep, and we will we will tell you who's won it on the next on the next pod. So that was the the that was a new style pod. Hope you enjoyed it. Before we go, I mention for our our normally ever present pod member Andrew Young, who, who has had to miss out tonight due to a family bereavement. So uh, thoughts. Um, to 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 everyone in your family, mate, and I'm sure we can speak for all the listeners and saying that as well. Uh, and thanks and appreciation to everybody who's done some bits and pieces for this pod, and to everybody who's come on, Cami Harper, Fraser Gorman, Craig McLean, Lynn McDonald, um, Mr. Ross McKenzie, Roddy McLeod, and of course, Mr. Ross Tokely.
4: Did well you enjoy me.
1: this? Did you enjoy this one, Talk? Yeah, give me a round of applause. There you go.
4: There you go. Well deserved. Well done, mate.
1: Did you enjoy this one, Talks? Did you like? like speaking to the fans or, or not no I did I did
5: I, I could have done with some beers but it's uh, one of those things but on the on the cups of tea and water tonight but yeah I really enjoyed it so thanks for having me on again
4: well you're coming back on mate that's some that's, um, history of saying you're, you're now you're, in the, you're on the panel
1: you're getting close to being a regular yeah
4: yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> alright okay before we go let's take a look at tomorrow's headlines Cami Harper critics make bigger U-turn than quasi-quatang on high tax rates Inverness Courier and in Healthstorm as hundreds accused city scene flashbacks feature of PTSD and massive global energy crisis as Roy McGregor forgets his memorable word. Those were the headlines. We've been the winest shuffle. we all off to tell anyone who'll listen listen, listen. I've always been a big Cami Harper. Harper fan. We a bit cold forget- next
4: weekend, Ross. No fancy
5: I can't make next week. I'm you know, sorry. I need to get a wee window of my, my football uh, leg, we'll, so. Here's we'll a good we'll one. What, you,
1: if we, what if we got uh, St Mirren in the cup? I'm never uh, doing it. I'm, no, I'm, 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 I'm not suspect,
4: you know, totally, there. no We'll actually
2: we carry there. him. We'll carry him into the ground. I've, I've, I've walked <laughs> the gauntlet there once before from,
5: uh, the, from the old Love Street to the train station and without getting yeah. shot. Aye, I
1: know. Until then, it's bye from all of them. Say goodbye, everyone bye-bye bye Bye. Uh, until then it's bye from me take care of yourself and bye for now